It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Oh, hello. Welcome to the Stochastic.com NFL First Look Strategy Show. Divisional round weekend. That's right. And happy to see that DraftKings decided to go, you know, full, full, full weekend of games selfishly because we don't have to break this show up into Saturday and Sunday slates because from a content perspective, it it sucks for you guys, not just for us, but for you guys, like it's just better to do it this way. And we're going to have, we're going to have shows on Saturday and Sunday as well, but Hey, we got a lot to talk about. We got four games, got some good football. Philadelphia Eagles are out of it. Thank God. Good riddance. You see that dude throw popcorn on Nick Sirianni? I thought that was kind of mean. But uh, did you see the guy dump a bucket of no. popcorn on Nick Sirianni? I did not see that. No. Uh, that was the the last, the sixth of what I thought was a pretty – it was fun, but it was long. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Late late Eagles Bucks, I had had enough. Not not because I, I was tilted. I just had had enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm a diehard Eagles. I turned the game off with about eight minutes left. Yeah, I was done. Now – did I lay in bed and track it on my phone? Sure. But that was more so just fantasy related at that point. Like once, once it got to 25-9, I thought there was a chance. Once they once they scored again, I was like, all right, let me just see if there's any further the DFS implications here that can help me out. That was all I cared about. You know what I mean? At that point, you know it's over. Um, God, that was terrible. That's my goblin of the week. Yes, we will continue to do this through the postseason. We will no longer do our rankings. We will save them and reboot next year and take a look at what we had at the end of week 18. But the goblin of the week for the fourth week running, Ben, is Nick Sirianni and the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't really think there's a better answer than that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I That's one of those things that's more fascinating than anything else. Like, I, I don't have answers of just sports. And, like, there are unquantifiable things because on the surface, the Eagles – went from a, what were they? I think they were 10 and one. They were 10 and one. They finished one and five. If you include the postseason, they finished one and six and zero and seven against the spread. And like what, you know, what happened? Obviously hurts is hurt, but that was the least of the problems. It's just, yeah. Fascinating. The entire team melted down, uh, on, on several occasions. So it's hard to really Push back, of course, the only other goblin of the week contender, and they're just perpetual goblins. And it's not even their own fault. It's from the outside. The Cowboys are. Oh, that's a goat. Yeah. How could I forget? They're just a joke. Like, how could I forget? You're right. You know, it's nothing even that they did per se. It's just every year it's the same junk. And they, I mean, to not show up at home. Is just like you could. I didn't even think it was crazy. Not that I was like all in on Green Bay by any stretch, but I thought Green Bay was a tricky opponent and getting seven, seven and a half was not the easiest spot. You and I talked about that. That when you when you look at the way those teams are set up, and also just the Mike McCarthy factor, that the Packers had a shot. Now, shout out to Eric because he bet the money line. He did on the Packers. I, I bet the Packers spread. I bet him at plus seven and a half. I think a lot of us were on the Packers side, be it money line or spread. Obviously, one of them uh, a, a lot more profitable than the other but yeah 
It was bad. Mike McCarthy and that team, it was, you know, though, it's, it's the same thing over and over. It, 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 ultimately, is anyone surprised? I had a lot of Cowboys fans tweet at me. The few, past few weeks, I had a lot of Cowboys fans tweeting at me, puffing their chest out, right? Getting real, real cocky, you know, the, the, the typical shit talk because the Eagles lost to the Cardinals, Eagles lost to the Giants. I, you know, I told them, look, there's nothing you can tell me that I don't already know. But then I got a lot of different Cowboys fans that rolled in when I was, you know, doing my typical Twitter entertainment tilt on Monday night, Ben. And they were like, listen, dude, there are reasonable Cowboys fans out there. We were in the same boat as you. Like we knew this was going to happen. We hoped yep. it didn't, but we knew it was. So it, there's there's all different worlds of fans out there. And there were a lot of Cowboys fans that leave. And, and far be it for me to say many nice things about Cowboys fans, but a lot of them out there that were just like, you know what? This sucks, but none of us are surprised. Not, not I shouldn't say none of us. This sucks, but we're not surprised. Yeah, I think it's to that point. I don't know how you could be surprised, honestly. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. Obviously, I'm no fan of anything that the Cowboys do. I don't. I don't like Mike McCarthy. Never really have. But just a huge disappointment. And now we get pretty interesting group of teams. You know, it's always the fascinating. We we don't have a huge sample size of the the one team getting the buy. Will will either of them go down? I think that's the most fascinating question of the week. Like Ravens, Niners, money line parlay style. Or either of them going down? I'll give you my bets right now. We'll do a couple at the end. But uh, I would lay the points on the Niners. And I would definitely take the points on the Texans. Okay. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, as a seven and a half point favorite or more in his career, is one and eight against the spread. He has not performed particularly well as a, as a sizable favorite. And I've been wrong quite a bit on CJ Stroud this year. Actually, I shouldn't say I came into the season saying this kid, I really like what he's doing. But what the spots that I've been wrong, Ben, are the, the instances where it's like, all right, now you've got a, a playoff game, crazy environment, like must win spot, rookie quarterback, rookie head coach, overall very young team. I don't think they have it. You've said the same thing over the, the second, like the, the last yeah. quarter of the season that like, you know, the Texans, eventually the bottom's going to fall out. We were both wrong. It has not fallen out. And it certainly didn't fall out last week against the Cleveland team that was playing with real momentum. They came in and routed them at home. Listen, there's nothing you could take away from Houston. I, I do think, and maybe I'm just going to continue to spin this as I, I short them over and over. Playing Baltimore on the road off a of bye is a lot different than playing. Cleveland's another team. They're they're too irrelevant to be a goblin, but they kind of are. And I I would be really shocked if Houston won. Um, now I'm not breaking any news. They're nine point underdog, uh, and it might push ten eventually. So we'll see. I'll get to it. I I think we disagree on the games just at first glance, though. Oh yeah, you like the Packers? I just I'll, I'll say this if if. Wait, don't you like the Packers? No, I said I'm laying nine and a half on the Niners. Oh, yeah, I, we agree there. I just think if you told me of the four games, I think that the biggest margin of victory will be the Ravens. And I think you really? think it'll be the Niners. Yeah, I think the Ravens are just going to roll over them. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. What about, I got to ask you now. Got to ask you now. 
What about the Bucks Lions? The, I have the toughest time with this one because that Lions secondary is so bad. It really is. Um, but yeah, I I that's a tough game. Uh, my gut feel is that it's going to be kind of like a pretty analogous to what we just saw, like the Rams and the Lions, just a, a pretty back and forth game. I know that didn't go over the total, but it played like it did. You know, it was a higher scoring affair. It was back and forth. Lions pull it out. I kind of feel the same way about that game. The Lions will get through. It won't be overly impressive, but you don't need to be impressive in the playoffs. You just need to win. You know, I'm not I'm not big on betting parlays often or same game parlays. But I was doing my picks for every game video on the op for the Odd Shopper channel this morning before you and I got started. I tossed a Benjamin on a little same game parlay action for this one. You want to hear it? Please. Baker Mayfield, 275 plus passing yards. Okay. Two plus touchdowns. Okay. And an anytime Mike Evans touchdown on Caesars plus 580. Oh, so obviously there's correlation built into that, right? However, the Detroit Lions, the last four quarterbacks they faced, Stafford, 367 and two, Mullins, 396 and two, Prescott, 345 and two. Mullins, 411 and two. Mayfield's last five, 337 and three. Carolina was just a wash. That was terrible. 309 and two, 238 or 283 and three, 381 and four. The nice thing about it, too, is you're not guaranteeing by any stretch that Tampa wins. No, but that's why I actually went the parlay route and I said, let's have some fun with this. Because I don't have a strong lean on either side of this game as far as sides go. Yeah, and that I there are times where you can do stuff like that, no doubt about it. All the games have their own, their own wrinkles in it. You know, Kansas City and the Bills, it feels like we've seen this matchup at one point or another for, what, half a decade now? Yeah. They always match up. Um, except now they're home. Of course, everyone will be talking about that. But it is at a dome. It's a 48 and a half point. Wait, are you talking about the Lions? I'm talking about the Bills. Bills oh, the finally Bills. get yeah, Mahomes say out of Arrowhead. Yeah. But yeah, that's my, uh, some solutions said, please, by the grace of God, give me a winning parlay. Well, that's mine for the week. Hot chopper, baby. Come I'm going to have over. some, yeah, I'm going to have some fun with it. By the way, if you're betting that parlay, do it at Caesars or if DraftKings still allows it, do it there. It's 580 at Caesars. It's 550 on DraftKings. On FanDuel, it's 360 plus 369. They'll carve you up on that. They have Baker's props way higher than anywhere else. So, yeah, make sure to do that if you are. Anyway, anyway, Justin said 21 minutes, boom, efficiency. First of all, we started late, and uh, to be fair, we've been talking football, Justin. Happy to have you with us, though. All right, you ready to get into some of these games, some of these spots? Do it. But leave it to Justin to push it, nudge us along a little bit there. My man. If you guys haven't done so yet, much obliged. If you take one single second, hit that thumbs up. That's all. Just one single second to hit that thumbs up and atone for your sins here on a Wednesday morning as we break ground on the divisional round weekend games and subscribe to the channel. Help us get to 100K. Also, guys, if you're listening or watching after the fact, leave a comment down below. Ben and I always love reading and responding to those comments. And uh, if you want to listen in podcast form, maybe you want to close your phone, you don't have YouTube premium, whatever it may be, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we got you covered. Anything we do on this channel with a shelf life, you can find that over on our podcast platforms and listen there. And if you're there, a rating and a review, man, wouldn't that be great? Anyway, let's talk about it, dude. 
Uh, and thank you, Miguel. Thank you. Miguel has atoned. Many people. And look at all. Look at the atonement in, from the sin bin, Ben. It's a great thing. Oh, yeah. We got the best the best viewers here. And we completely mis misread Justin's comment, which is hilarious. Um, How? At the top of the show, he was like, I have to go into a work meeting. Uh, I'm going to make this quick. And then he's like, 21 oh, minutes. So he's, he's talking about his own efficiency. Yeah. Got so we you. respect okay. that. Gotcha. Hey, priorities by, in order. By the way, last last thing. You, you follow hockey. I do. I bet I a little hockey last night, actually. You guys are going to kill me for this. I promise it'll be 15 seconds. You just bear. Because things have gone poorly for the Philadelphia Eagles. Can't the believe. Flyers? Dude, the Flyers are are, yeah. are are running, man. Yeah. not You better not run into my boys, though. Talk about running. The Rangers are dismantling teams. Well, they're only one point ahead of the Flyers in the standings. Well, the Rangers are no joke. I watched them take down. They beat you're, the hell out Rangers of the Kraken fan? last night. Yeah, that's the one team that like that's I. That's crazy. Actually, you don't root for any teams. Yeah, the Rangers are a team though. I, I mean, do I really care? Like, no, not really. But yeah, I, I like if I could pick one team to win, it would be the Rangers. All right, let's make a deal. Let's just say somehow that the, the the Flyers continue. They are more than halfway through the season. They make it through uh, and they get to the postseason, and the Flyers end up facing the Rangers. Sure. You and I are getting together for some drinks and watching that game. Yeah, we'll we'll do that. That would be right. fun. All right. All right, let's make it happen. So, uh, quarterback, we've got we've got a lot here. This is this is one of these slates where you may only have four games, but there's a lot. And what I mean by that, Ben, by the way, injuries to pay attention to. Gabe Davis day to day. Mark Andrews, who knows, he might return for this game. That could be interesting. But at the top tier, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. We'll get into the mid range. Patrick Mahomes sub seven K. So, there's yeah. Stroud, Purdy, Goff, Mayfield, all of those guys, pretty affordable. But Josh Allen, 8K, Lamar Jackson, 7,900. Number one, I want to know, do you like these guys? But number two, given that we have, I, I assume you like Lamar Jackson, you think they're going to roll Houston. But given that we have all of these other, I think it's fair to say, quality quarterbacks for the most part, two of whom will be facing each other in a dome game in Detroit, below 7K, and a $6,800 Mahomes, who as an underdog for his career is 8-1-1, one, and one, only, only loss against the spread actually against the Bills last year as a, as a dog. But how much do you like Allen and Lamar? But more so, how much do you like Allen and Lamar against some of these lesser-priced quarterbacks? Yeah, so that's where it gets tricky because, you know, when we had we had six and then Mason Rudolph was involved, I mean, who truly, there's eight quarterbacks. Who's the worst option? And is, is he that bad? No matter who you say. Is he? No, is I he think bad? Baker's a great option this week, and he's, he's the cheapest option on the board. Like, I don't have Baker eighth if I had to rank the quarterbacks. But regardless, whoever you have eighth, pretty damn good option, which makes it a lot, a lot of opportunity cost with Allen or Lamar, just because even if they have a huge game and they can't, I mean, we saw Josh Allen, uh, you know, I actually thought he geared down late and he could have really destroyed the slate. Uh, and they were on like four different slates because of the, the weird start time. But man, this is a big opportunity cost. I'm, I'm shocked at how difficult quarterback is going to be. I also think ownership has got to be pretty flat. Like Mason Rudolph was an, I'm going to keep referencing him. He was almost a non-factor. It was kind of like Tua. It was like, well, you could play them if you're just trying to be completely different and you're going off the reservation. 
there is not that guy amongst these eight, in my opinion. There's no one you're playing just because you're like, they're terrible and no one else is going to do it. I totally agree. Matt Riley said the sin bin's coming for the Flyers Rangers game too. We should. We should. The whole we'll buy the whole arena out. You guys should all you guys should all come join us. We'll, we'll we'll find the place and and we'll have some fun if it ever happens, if it ever materializes. But I'm with you. Uh and by can I can I just say I thought Mason Rudolph acquitted himself quite well in that it was game. Fine. On the road, cold, like he shouldn't have been their starter, but he was. I think Tomlin still probably made the right decision. I'm not sure anyone else would have performed better there. Mason Rudolph in the second half made some great throws, Ben. He did. I thought the biggest problem was that they played kind of a low-variance strategy, which assures you to not get destroyed, but it also makes it unlikely that you're going to win. Like he, I thought it would have been better for him to have like four picks. And really just start like trying Mullen to do, style. Like, go for it. Because like yeah. the way they did it, yeah, I know they got close, but it was a pretty conservative concept overall. And I thought he was fine, but fine's not going to get it done when you're the worst team. The defense also couldn't stop Josh Allen either. Like, Yeah, yeah they, they had problems. The Steelers in the fourth quarter cut it to a touchdown. Yeah, but they, they hung around. I give them credit there. I mean, I just, I don't know. We'll see. Like Purdy doing that. Great strategy. Great strategy. They do that. They right. have no problems. Yeah. I got to tell you, though, maybe I'm just off base here. My two favorite quarterbacks, I think they're the two cheapest quarterbacks on the slate. Maybe it's, it. it's probably unreasonable to say Baker Mayfield's one of my two favorites. But that Lions defense, Ben, like they, I don't think we can. I don't, I don't think you can overstate how bad they've been in the secondary. Like they've been bad and you still have Mike Evans. You have Chris Godwin, Kate Otten's come alive. We saw that last game. Rashad White's a capable pass catcher. They even have guys like Palmer. I'm not, look, I'm not putting these guys on any form of pedestal. I'm just saying like, they do have weapons in the passing game for sure. Despite being the box that like no one thinks can win games. And then Jared Goff against the blitz, He's it's always kind of been a knock on him. He's been a lot better against the blitz. And now you've got him going up against the Todd Bowles team that you, the, the thing about Todd Bowles is if it's like Jalen hurts last week where they have no hot route, they've got guys running 15 yard curl routes on an all out blitz. It's just terrible. Ter hurts has not been good against the blitz, but they put him in the worst situations possible to succeed. It was almost intentional. Jared Goff can succeed in those situations, and I think Ben Johnson will be much smarter. If Todd Bowles' approach isn't working, it could be a very long day for him, right? Because they just taunted Jalen Hurts. They just like this. They didn't even try and disguise it. They just said, "This is what's coming. Try and stop it," and they couldn't. If you figure that out, and you're Jared Goff, and you're Ben Johnson, and you're this Detroit Lions offense, you're going to end up not just doing well, but having insane success against it. Yeah, I mean, again, I I think maybe that speaks more towards the Eagles than anything else. Uh, right, but I think that makes Jared Goff look good. Oh, yeah. I, I have no problem with Goff. I, to me, it's funny. We're, we're seeing it the same but different. Like, of the two guys in the basement, I feel great about Baker. He might be my favorite quarterback player. I like I don't Baker feel Mayfield, too. I have a, a same-game parlay, 275-plus yards, two-plus touchdowns. It feels like you're... I Jordan Love to me has serious problems potentially. I I worry about him here.
Jordan Love and CJ Stroud are probably my two least favorite quarterbacks this week. Agree. Okay, so maybe we are saying the same thing. I may have misheard you. No, no, no. I'm just saying that Jared Goff at 6,300, in my opinion, is a little bit too cheap. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, maybe that's fair. Um, I just... Jordan Love has been unbelievable. There's nothing... There's literally nothing to say besides that. He has been unbelievable. I just don't know. Even if he's good, it feels like... I'm not sure the upside against San Francisco. That's just not the matchup for me. He, I, I think he'll be the lowest. Was too cheap, not love. Yeah, I, I think where I got confused. I thought you said the two cheapest were your two favorite. And oh, Love's I, you know what? I'm sorry. I did. I forgot okay. to. I forgot to even write down Jordan Love on the run sheet. That's so why I was looked, like, okay. So, I, so I, you're so I was looking at all of the cheapest options on the run sheet because you know how I I, yeah, I yeah, do it by course. tier on the run sheet. And I had Goff and Mayfield down there. I had forgotten entirely about Jordan Love, which really just reinforces your point. That's why I was saying. I, yeah. what, I was yeah, like, yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. really good about everything, except I don't have Jordan Love amongst my favorites. Like, I just don't. Uh, yeah, I'm with you 100%. It's, it's really pay down. You've got Goff and Baker. They're in the same game. They're, of course, no weather. They're going to have ample opportunities. And then, I mean, I know we're not burying the lead, but I don't want to discount. I know we talked about these pay down options. You still have Josh Allen and Lamar. You have two guys, as we saw last week, and we know with Lamar, they can break off a 60-yard rushing touchdown on any play, and they're at home, and they're going to be ready to roll. So if you have money, go get them. Yeah. I, I'll say this much, and we had some questions and comments. What's up, Mateus and uh, everybody? Uh, Zach in chat, from the live from the Sinder. Uh, don't 49ers play a lot of man like the Cowboys because there's just so many weapons for love to throw to? Mateus, Why? Love just killed the Cowboys. I get it. I I I do, however, and look, Jordan Love's been awesome the second half of the season. Yeah. I think so much of that still was an indictment on the Cowboys. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But a lot of that felt like an indictment on the Cowboys and the Cowboys doing what they do best. But also, I don't think that the, the Packers are going to have remotely the same success running the football as they did against the, the 49ers. I think that could be a real problem, Ben. And as much as I love Aaron Jones, or sorry, Aaron Jones. Get it right. Three <laughs> touchdowns. As much as I love that guy, I still think this is uphill sledding for, for that offense. And yes, Jordan Love has been good against the Blitz, but that's not even what I'm worried about. You're talking about a Kyle Shanahan-led team, team compared to a Mike McCarthy-led team 49ers at home. I just, dude, I just, look, if Jordan Love comes out here, even if they don't win and comes out and just puts up numbers against San Francisco, wow, that'll be awesome. I'm just having a tough time going, yeah, give me Love over Goff or give me Love over over Baker Mayfield against two pretty brutal secondaries in a dome in Detroit. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And they may, I'm not even discounting that San Francisco's defense might not be as elite as it was, but I still think it's a hell of a lot more difficult than going against some of those other defenses in the basement. Now, I do think on the plus side, Love's not going to throw the ball 21 times. That's not going to happen. There's no chance because I think they're going to be trailing, and I think that the run game's not going to work. So you're going to get more volume. You're not going to get the efficiency. Can't play them all. Uh, and for me, you know, again, when you're nine and a half, ten point underdogs like that, it's not the best situation. Him and Stroud have the biggest tasks on the board. There's no doubt about it. You're absolutely right. And like I said, I still think nine and a half points is a bit much for Houston. I know you disagree, but that doesn't mean I love CJ Stroud. Uh, maybe this would look different if we didn't have eight quality quarterbacks for the most part to choose from. Should we, can we, can, let's rank these guys. Let, sure. Let's, let's not even rank them by tier though. Let's just rank them because by tier almost doesn't make sense. There's not really a significant low tier. It's basically Alan Lamar and then a steep drop off to everybody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, how much? So that's a good question. I, and obviously our tools, as we get closer to Saturday, we'll do this. Jake said, how much of an ownership gap between love and the other guys until you would have interest in love? It would have to be very significant for me. Uh, he would have to be on an island compared to the seventh really? or yeah. Yeah. I'm not playing or, you know, again, if I play hundreds of lineups or something, maybe I'll get some love, but he's not going to be even close to a priority until he's like completely isolated in ownership. Okay. I get it. If I were to rank him, it's, this is where it's tough because you have Josh Allen and Lamar up there at a much steeper price point. Do I want to pay 8K for Josh Allen and pair him with a 7K Stefan Diggs, who has just been it never really, works. really disappointing? Uh, Lamar has Zay Flowers. I don't know if he'll have Mark Andrews. You can single stack there. I don't actually have a problem with that just because of his legs. I'd probably go... Man, this sounds crazy, but I, I think I'd go Goff and Mayfield first. And then, and then Allen, Lamar, Mahomes, Purdy, Love, Stroud. Okay. We're pretty similar. Let's Some hear it. Small, small tweaks at the top. I still have Josh Allen one. Okay. Um, He's just, he's a battering ram. I respect the Chiefs defense. Barring it's not like something stupid conditions-wise, if it's just standard cold, which is what it seems like right now. No issues there. I'd go Allen one, Mayfield two. It's hard to do, you know, you're flipping coin here. I'm going to say Lamar three, Goff four, but those are basically interchangeable. You've got good paydowns and good payups. And then it's pretty simple. Mahomes is five, Purdy is six, uh, Stroud is seven, but I have no interest in love is eight. Okay. Running backs. Let's Half do it. Frame. By the Thousand way, guys, North. by the way, we're going to talk some betting at the end of this show. Uh, stick around. It'll be quick, but I know it's a DFS show. A lot of you guys are still, I know so many of you are still in the betting world, you know, engulfed in all of that. Maybe you even follow our channel over at odd shopper. That'd be pretty cool. But um, even if you're not, 
these playoff times is where sportsbooks give out really big promos to get people in there. They're like, okay, whenever interest is drummed up significantly in betting, whether it's like March Madness, start of the NFL season, stuff like that, playoffs, they're going to do a lot to get people over there, and rightfully so, and you take advantage of it. Um, DraftKings and FanDuel do the same, but there's a 99.9% .9 chance that you guys are on there and have been there for a while. BetMGM right now is giving $158 in bonus bets when you deposit five and bet five instantly. You don't have to win. Even if you lose that $5 bet, you got $158 in bonus bets. It's it's the best one out there right now. Because like I said, DraftKings and FanDuel, you can't take advantage of that. If you can, do it. But it, you likely can't. You sign up, link in the description and in chat. Click it, takes you there. It takes you a minute to sign up and verify yourself. Deposit five bucks. Doesn't have to be more than five bucks. Get $158 in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. Look, Ben, I say it all the time. I don't, I don't generally recommend big parlays, especially because you're not always going to get all of the best odds on one book and it's going to put you in a bad spot. But here I say, I say go for it because the worst case scenario at the end of the day is you lose that $5 initial stake on the parlay and then you lose all your bonus bets, 158 bucks, you go on the worst run of your life and you're down $5 at the end of the day. On the contrary, you could run it up to a thousand bucks that you didn't have before. And you started with five because you got the bonus bets. No doubt about it. I mean, I always think of it like, yes, that is the truth. You're down five bucks. But I always look at it as like, you're still up because I know me, I was making those bets somewhere. Like whatever right. I use those bonus bets on, it would have been from my other balances on my other books. And I didn't have to dip into those. And if those bets go wrong, those bonus bets sometimes just mask. Uh, that's in worst case scenario. Now, if you start hitting them, now you've got a, a nice balance to, on another book that you can either move around, use. Like it, it's it's that simple. Listen, anytime you hear the words bet and get, I, I think it's pretty self-explanatory, honestly. Link in the description and chat, bet five, get 158 in bonus bets, guys. It's a good one. Um, must be 21 years older to gamble. If you have a gambling problem, call or text 100 Gambler. And if you're looking for some bets to throw down, head over to the Odd Shopper channel. We got you covered. All right, so yeah, upper tier, Christian McCaffrey, Look, 8,800, I know I know this is one of those slates where you see, you'd see you see 8,800 and go, well, he's criminally underpriced. And, you know, technically, yes, but there's just so many good players on a slate like this that 8,800, you know, you're paying for him, you're still paying. That's why Jared Goff and, and Baker Mayfield, to me, are so enticing this week because the skill player positions have so many good mid-range and top-tier options. I truly love Christian. Like, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, but Ben, I, I really do love McCaffrey this week. If there's one real true weakness, and it's not to say that Niners can't exploit any weakness or any part of a defense for that matter, but if there's one real weakness with this Packers team, they give up a lot of rushing yards and you can bludgeon them on the ground. The Dallas Cowboys are incapable of doing that. Christian McCaffrey could have an absolute field day on Sunday and he's going to play a ton of snaps because this is why they brought him on to the 49ers. Yeah, and it's everything that you could ask for. Uh, he's got multiple weeks of rest. It's all systems go. It's opportunity costs. That's the theme of anytime you're talking about the best of the best, there's eight teams left. They're all really good. They all have top end options. This is not a, you know, oh, I, I, I'm i going to play McCaffrey because I didn't even want to play him, but I have so much money left over, I can just play him. This is not that type of slate. Every click you make is a huge expense. Now, 
it seems like it's a given that 20 total touches in any format is going to happen for McCaffrey. His price is appealing. And I think most people prefer the one-off with San Francisco than the stack. So maybe there's something to that in terms of going the other way. But yes, at first glance, I think it's pretty clear if I was paying up, I would go get McCaffrey. Uh, I think he's the best play on the slate, honestly. I was just going to say he's the best pay-up option on the slate. Yeah, he is. St. Brown looks great. I'm not saying that. Debo, these guys look great. But Christian McCaffrey at 8,800, it's just too good. He's played 100% of snaps in three games already this year. I really wouldn't be shocked at all if he was on the field for every offensive snap, Ben. Yeah, it's and again, he's they've had multiple. I know everyone will the rest versus rust, but I I am big team. Get your guys ready. Like I want my guy ready to go as healthy as he can be relative to twenty weeks into a season. And it seems like the Niners have accomplished that. We had a comment from uh, Brandon Smith. What's up, Brandon? The running back position is limited this week. It ends at Justice Hill at forty eight hundred for me. CMC seems like the must play no matter what. You know, I was thinking about this earlier too. I'm glad you brought it up. It might end it. It might end at Montgomery for me. I mean, I just don't know how much I want down there. You've got Justice Hill and Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards, fifty nine hundred dollars. He is Ben. He might be. You know where I'm going with this. He, or maybe you don't. No, I don't know if I do. He may be king decimal back for twenty. Oh yeah. This is what he does. He he avoids it more than you think because they score so damn often. Um, but yeah, he's never going to catch the ball. That's for sure. No, he had that one eighty-yard touch uh, reception earlier in the year on one target. He, you know, your ceiling here is essentially one target for Gus Edwards at fifty-nine hundred. Given his generally underwhelming production on the ground to begin with. You need two touchdowns from him. Yeah, that might not even be enough, honestly. No. And then Devin Singletary, I'm just dropping down below 6K, right, to, to give you the lay of the land. Devin Singletary's in a shitty spot, man. He's in a tough spot. Uh, I would still prefer Singletary over Gus Edwards, because you know, by far, because this is a guy that you still have that three to five target upside um, you still have the potential for him to, let's say they are locking horns in a close game. You still have the 20 carry upside for Devin Singletary. The only advantage for Gus Edwards is, is touchdown equity as a nine and a half point favorite. Aside from that though, I'd still rather have the volume with Devin Singletary. There's just, there's like a 0% chance Gus Edwards gets to 20 looks. Oh yeah, I agree. I mean, Gus Edwards to me is more, it's not even do I want to play him is it's do I think that he can have a game like that? And if he does, I probably just won't play as many Ravens and I'm not sure I'd even go to him necessarily. So it seems like, you know, have I built yet? No, I'd say my flex position is not going to be three running backs that often on the slate. I just don't like the build of it. Uh, I'm trying to get rid of running backs, not add running backs onto, onto my teams. I agree. Jake said Gus Edwards four touchdowns. Probably. Game. You know what? You might be right. If that happens, you live with it at this point. You know, he's just as likely to go 10 for 46 and no touchdowns too. It's just like David Montgomery. And for every time that happens and it's tilting, there's a million weeks where he gets, even he scores. And honestly, Montgomery's game from last week 
is exactly what I picture Gus Edwards doing. And it's fine, but it's not enough. Yeah. Except even David Montgomery has like 20 carry upside. It sounds yeah. crazy. Not but lately, but yeah. Not lately, but we've seen him do it. I'm just saying 20 looks in week 15, 19 yeah. in week 16. I don't love David Montgomery this week for what it's worth. I get it. I just, both of them, I think, have a lot of games where they're just piece of the puzzle, but there's no real path. I'm having a tougher time, honestly, with running back because my favorite running back outside of Christian McCaffrey might actually be Rashad White this week. I don't know. Rashad I mean, White, who else you is it? You have Jameer Gibbs. who that, that's, that, Really? Yeah. Okay. Talk about volume. That guy is a tank. Yeah, a lot of volume. There's no denying that. A lot of volume. It's hard to get to James Cook right now. Although I do kind of like him still. That, that I mean, you're gonna listen. The micro range from Cook to Gibbs is the is or even Cook to Jones. Um, it's very difficult. Uh, Gibbs is gonna get the least amount of volume, but I would say each touch is the most valuable of the five. To yeah. me, Pacheco will get the most volume, and I think his touch is probably in the middle. I think Aaron Jones. Is fine, but his matchup is significantly worse than last week. Uh, I don't think he's hurt by any stretch. I think that's more maintenance. So it's a tough range. That's where your second running back's coming from, though. Truly loved Aaron Jones last week. Yes, yeah, so don't love him nearly as much this week. I mean, we both loved Aaron Jones last week. He was most super popular too, for what it's well, I was going to say. Most people loved Aaron Jones last week in a, in a really really good spot. This is a tough spot, man. Um, you're maybe it is Pacheco. Maybe it, here, here's the, here's the tough part for me, right? It's Christian McCaffrey. And then I could go, maybe it is Pacheco. Maybe it's white. Maybe it's James cook. Maybe it's Jameer Gibbs. Like all of those guys to me, what do you think ownership looks like? Because first glance, I think you're probably right. That Pacheco ends up being, the highest owned of them. I'm not convinced that it's going to be that spread. I, I, I'm convinced, or I'm not convinced that there's going to be anyone outside of McCaffrey that really runs away with ownership. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think that's fine because my plan probably is going to be to have exposure to most of these guys have small little edges or shorts, nothing drastic uh, and see what the ownership. I don't think you're going to see like a 40% owned running back outside McCaffrey. That's a different story. So they're all, you know, 15 to 20, one's 12, one's 21. I'll deal with it. Pacheco's my favorite. Gibbs would be second, but I, I, I'm I, not tied or married to them in any way. Okay. Uh, and, and yeah, Johnson Daily Sports, Bucks have played the run well. I mean, they've become a pass-funnel defense for sure. Yeah. I don't really equate Gibbs, though, that that matters. Like, you're not That's playing why Gibbs. I like him more than Montgomery. Yeah, to go up the that you don't need Gibbs to do that. No, I, I like him more than Montgomery. Plus, Gibbs is slippery. That's what I mean. It only takes he's not he's not a volume back. Like you're you, every touch. I I just said this. I I think Gibbs's touch is the most valuable of anyone. You know, he's not going to get twenty five looks, but every every look is a explosive play option for sure. Yeah, it's tough, man. 
So how did you rank him outside of McCaffrey? He's the clear Pacheco, number one. Gibbs. I I would say White Cook. Jones, but I mean, those bottom ones are interchangeable for me. It's Pacheco and Gibbs are my two priorities. We don't have like ownership or anything yet. It's Wednesday. But when, when I do run the Sims, I would hope. And, you know, I'm not going to tinker with it all that much, but I would certainly hope that I get pretty spread out exposure. I have a feeling with these price points that I am going to get pretty spread out exposure. I, I would even expect to get a decent amount of James Cook. They're still favored at home. What's up? I'm okay. Sorry to jump in. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Look, they're still two and a half, three point favorites at home. You look at some of the implied totals on this site, obviously San Francisco at 30, but uh, Lions 27, Ravens 27, Bills 24 and a half, Chiefs 21 and a half, Bucks 21, Packers 20, Texans down there at 17. But yeah, I think think I would... you know why I like Rashad White, though? They didn't need to throw the ball out to him last game. It wasn't really necessary. They had Moore and Palmer to do all the heavy lifting. But he still saw 18 carries against a pretty good run defense. Three targets. He is the type of guy. He's, I'm not saying he's Jameer Gibbs by any stretch of the imagination. But Rashad White can have a big game in the pat, in the passing game. Oh, he absolutely can. You know, Rashad White... His benefit has always been he can chameleon himself to any type of game script, any type of opportunity. It's just we have seen his price. It got to a point, and we identified it honestly, that it was just it was too high for his role. And now it's come back down, and it's becoming more playable by the week. He went from 7K to 74 to 76 to 69 to 65. So he's going back down. I still think, you know, again, he's going to need to contribute in that passing game. That That's really his biggest out. I have one more question at running back, and it's James Cook. So last game against uh, the Steelers, James Cook, look, he was involved, very yeah. involved, as a matter of fact. He had 22 total touches, Ben. 18 attempts, four receptions on four targets. Didn't do much in the passing game as far as production, but that's not bad. Like, you, you'll... You'll you'll take that. You'll take that. Uh, underwhelming production for the most part. Didn't exactly do much. What about this game against Kansas City, though, with James Cook? Do you see anything here that, that stands out to you? Because he's in that same price range as everybody else. And, yes, Ty Johnson was involved a little bit. Uh, Latavius Murray had a couple of targets, but that's pretty much it. The only thing that sucked is that, James Cook had two carries inside the red zone, none inside the 10, so none at the goal line. Ty Johnson had five red zone attempts and two inside the 10. I don't love that. No. That's the tricky part. We've known and not Ty Johnson, but we've just, we've known for a while that the Bills have other options in the red zone, Josh Allen being one of them, obviously. And that does scare me. Uh, It doesn't prevent from being in the mix and I think you can play him with Allen and do some things but yes it's a concern it's one of the many concerns uh and and I I still think that the Bills uh sometimes are are willing to really kind of deviate on the fly a fumble here a fumble there something like that and you've got a quarterback that is just a tank and he's going to continue to do that the closer the game is the more Josh Allen runs that's just a fact yeah 
wide receivers? This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Getting some good comments from chat today. This is good stuff. Yeah, chat's on it. Yeah. Uh, Jake said, actually, with that said, are you only playing white with Baker? Uh, no, definitely not. But I would definitely play white with Baker. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I'll take it a step further. I would prefer to play white with Baker, but you absolutely don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to. Because, look, White can still – they can still get down to the goal line and White punches one in, you know, and, yeah. and then I'll like – there, there's a lot of ways. But here's the thing. Rashad White's going to be on the field a lot. I understand that Chase Edmonds got a little bit of opportunity last game, but this is still far and away Rashad White's backfield. There's just no denying that whatsoever. So with that in mind, yeah, I mean, I, I would take him in in really any format. All right, so let's talk about wide receiver. At the top, you have a few guys that are that are priced up there. I'm on Ross St. Brown is the only guy north of AK, but you have Debo at 7,700. Mike Evans, who I really like this week at 7,200. Really like Mike Evans for a bounce-back week, Ben, especially as dogs on the road in a dome. I like that. Uh, Nico's tough at 7,100. Maybe you can sway me. But Diggs at 7K is even kind of tough right now. I'm not saying he can't get it done. I would need there to be – we had a question about an ownership gap earlier with Jordan Love. I think I would need there to be a, a, a real ownership gap with Stefan Diggs this week. I doubt you get that just because, again, uh, he's the attachment to Josh Allen. Um, not in every lineup, but people are going to do that, me included. You've got the Niners, guys. Hey, to me, you know, wide receiver, a lot of it is who are you playing at quarterback. You've got the Bucks guys. I agree with you with Evans. Definitely a nice bounce back spot. The guy I really want to ask you about is Rasheed Rice. I don't know the answer to this. He might be like a $9,000 wide receiver. And we just don't really know it yet because uh, he's playing like it. Or maybe he's not. But that is a guy, you know, as much as Buffalo did some really good things, they're, they're Miami light on defense. They're missing guys all over the place on defense, and that's Everywhere. not changing. So I worry about that. So do I. And I like Rashi Rice, which is another reason I don't love Stefan Diggs this week. Yeah. Let me, let, me, let me put it to you this way. I'll take a slightly different approach for you, right? Josh Allen has been very much willing recently to go a lot of different directions in the passing game, right? He's been willing to kind of do whatever is, whatever is necessary to win. And you have to. Because Stefan Diggs, look, as good as we know Stefan Diggs is, he hasn't exactly been the catalyst for all of these wins. He's there. You have to pay a lot of attention to him if you're the defense. There's no doubt about that. But still, he hasn't done anything to the extent of like, wow, Stefan Diggs is putting together these monster performances with an insane workload. You look at some of these games, like last week, nine targets to Diggs. Not bad. Seven for 52, but six to Kincaid, four to James Cook, three to uh, Khalil Shakir. And then you saw 
red zone opportunities going to guys like Dawson Knox, going to guys like Dalton Kincaid. When you start looking at this Kansas City Chiefs team, and I know that they stalled out in the red zone, which has kind of been a running theme of late for this, you know, kind of unimaginative offense, which you mentioned a few weeks ago when you talked Goblin of the Week, right? But this is what I expected to see. I was on, I talked about it on the betting show, over five and a half receptions for Travis Kelsey. Should have had more. He had three drops in the first half. But can we talk about the target share in that in that wild card round, Ben? 20, yeah. 22, 22 targets combined for Travis Kelsey and Rashi Rice. It was well over 50% of Patrick Mahomes' targets. And then once you get past that, actually targeted passes, not pass attempts, but targeted balls, not throwaways. Nobody else, Hard, Hardman had three. Nobody else had more than two. Yeah, I mean, it was funny. Everyone, including me, tried to decipher who's that guy in the Chiefs. And the Chiefs said, you know what? We're just going to stick to our big weapons. Yep. We're not going to worry about any of these other people. We got Pacheco on the ground and we've got an emerging star at receiver. And we've got Travis Kelsey, who didn't have the best year, but he's still a, a guy that knows what he's doing more than he doesn't. So I don't think that's going to change. The big weapons for the Chiefs are going to be extremely busy in Buffalo. And it can't get worse. That's the other thing. I know it's not in a dome. It can't be worse than what they played in last week. So right. not even close. Not even close. And while Kelsey only had seven for 71, you watched that game. I know you did. I did. Those drops are 50 yards worth of drops. It, was, it wasn't the best. It wasn't clean. So I'm just saying there was a lot left on the table. So that was a long way of you. And, I don't know about you, but a long way of saying I really like Rashi Rice. I, I, I don't see how... Look, you don't have to overload on him and have him your highest exposed wide receiver, but I just don't think there's a reason right now to not want to play Rashi Rice at $6,800. It seems like he's just inefficiently priced permanently right now, given his role. Yeah, right. Exactly. One more thing. If you do think that this game shoots out, and who knows? Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. These two teams have played some high-scoring games. They've played plenty of low-scoring games, 20-17 to 17 just earlier in the season. Last year, 24 to 20. It was some lower scoring games as well. But if this game does shoot out, the Mahomes-Kelsey-Rice stack, after seeing a game last week where Rice and Kelsey combined for 22 targets, it is not that expensive. I mean, this is the cheapest you're ever going to get on a four-game slate because last week was only two or two games, right? Cheapest you're ever going to be able to stack Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying it all comes that it's going to work out for you. But man, Travis Kelsey's 6K, Rashi Rice is 6,800. You're now stacking the two by far highest target share players in this offense with a $6,800 Patrick Mahomes. That's not something you get very often. No, and it helps because normally the way to stack Kansas City is like, I want to do it, but it's such a ridiculous opportunity cost. It's so expensive. It's becoming more and more reasonable. Uh by the by the slate so i get it and rice is a huge part of that a huge part it's it's pretty simple for me with kansas city how else are you approaching wide receiver then so i mean you know again it looks like there's going to be more value uh the green bay situation to me is the most fascinating i mean what the hell was that that was the most shocking thing of the whole week nothing for Jaden reed 
zero. And and Dubes was unbelievable on six targets. Like, never mind. If you told me he had 151 yards and a touchdown, I would have said, I don't understand. You know, Love must have thrown the ball 50 times and he got 12, yeah. tar- six targets. Ro- Romeo Dobbs is the easiest fade of the week at his price point. Yeah, I mean, there's just no rhyme or reason for that to continue. It, he's just as likely to do that as any week, which is very unlikely. Um, I don't think Trey Palmer's going away. I know he only had a couple targets and he turned, I mean, he was close to getting bageled and then he had an explosive target. I still think that he'll be a part of that offense. The Detroit guys are interesting again. I don't know what to really make of that. And then the other question, what's going on with Gabe Davis? Because if Gabe Davis plays, maybe maybe he's under own considering who wants to go click that off the injury and with that risk. I do. <laughs> I think yeah, I that, do. There's a real possibility that Gabe Davis is like 6% owned on a four-game slate. That, if he is, tell me you're not going to tell me you're not going to have a little Gabe Davis. Yes, I'm with you. You know? I'm I, with you. The the game stack for Tampa Detroit is really interesting too. Right? Godwin, Otten, obviously I talked about Mike Evans. Mike Evans is kind of hit or miss at times. And last game, they just simply didn't need him. He also had a couple bad drops, which is kind of Atypical. signature for Mike Evans on occasion. But he can also give you that 30.2 touchdown game. There's no doubt about it. I like Evans quite a bit here. I'm on Ross St. Brown, another guy. I'm not, Again, I'm not telling anybody anything they don't already know. These are good plays. Um, Nico's probably the one guy north of like 6k that I'm having the toughest time getting to. That's a tough, that's a tough spot for me to pull the trigger. Me too. Um, I definitely like him more than Stroud, but it's still a big ask. What are you doing with the the San Francisco pass, uh, pass catchers then? Honestly, I mean, it's not a great answer, but nothing out of the ordinary. Like you, you can do anything with San Francisco. And that, what I mean by that is, you can stack them with Purdy, but you can also just play McCaffrey plus any other and be completely fine on a four-game slate. So, like, if you want to play McCaffrey and Debo and not Purdy, that's fine. So, I, I'm just going to play them where it makes sense. I like Rice more than I like Ayuk, and I like Evans more than I like Debo, but that's not the discount either of them. They're very playable. You can't count out anybody from this passing game. You can't. Man, San Francisco can score 40 points on anybody. They have a 30 and a half point total. It's by far the highest on the slate. Really, the question I had for you. See, I don't even like the idea of, oh, it, well, first off, yes. If I if I have non-Christian McCaffrey lineups, I feel like I definitely want to have some exposure elsewhere. Unless this ends up being one of those weird games where just everybody gets a piece, everyone gets a taste. But I think my preferred way to play this, and it's still earlier in the week. I think I think my preferred way to play this is your McCaffrey plus someone else, even like even without yeah. Purdy. McCaffrey plus a fifty-two hundred dollar George Kittle sure seems nice to me. I have no issues with that. Again, I, I think that's where a team total of that caliber you can do things that aren't by. I don't want to say by the book. That's not the way to describe it, but just in general that are a little atypical and be fine. Anybody at the bottom you want to touch on? And if you guys have any questions in chat, let us know. I'm trying to see. Um, 
Like James said, Williams. you beat the Packers middle of the field and the run game. Right. And and what team is better at doing that than the San Francisco 49ers? Right. They're just. There isn't. There, to me, just to kind of I know we're, we're at the end here and we'll get the tight end. There are two teams that we're going to find out one way or the, the other, and that's the Bucks. Maybe the Eagles are just garbage or maybe the Bucks are good and the Packers. Maybe the Cowboys are just the Cowboys, or maybe the Packers are that good. We're going to find out against these teams because what about the Texans? Playing. No, the Texans. The problem with the Texans is I think it might be both. The Browns could be a disaster, but losing to Baltimore, there's no shame in that. So you're saying like Houston's actually good, but even if they lose, it's whatever. And they yeah. like Houston might play okay, and I don't know if that's going to be, or even well. And that's, I think Green Bay is more dangerous than Houston. I know we didn't uh, touch on it at the top of the show. How remarkable is it? The Jekyll and Hyde defensive performances we've seen from the Browns at home and on the road this year. That's what I mean. It's just like, I don't know what you take from that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Honestly, all the teams, though, because Miami had no chance in Arrowhead. So maybe the no, Chiefs. No it's, it's a fascinating game. No chance at all. Khalil Shakir. If Gabe Davis is out, sure, you know, fine. But that, you know, that team, that team, like, Ben, they have, they have some features of Kansas City once you get past the Kincaid or a Diggs where it's just a who the hell knows type of situation, right? Because could it be, could it be Shakir? Sure. But it could have also, like, Deontay Hardy. Deontay Hardy's another one that won for 34 last game. What if he had two targets, to, you know, and 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 two receptions for 50 and a touchdown? That that, that type of stuff. Like it's it's kind of gross once you get down there. I I don't really know if if there's a good answer. Dawson Knox, they still use him in the red zone. Uh, Justin Watson's a guy that he's always Mahomes' 19th read, but somehow it results in a touchdown when he surveys the field for 15 seconds and Justin Watson's wide open value this week. If you're going cheap at, at wide receiver, I think it is going to end up being more of a spray and pray situation and stack attachments. I would agree. I think last week there was roles that were up for grabs where usage became a thing this week. It's more like if I get my three targets, who can break one Jamison Williams style? Like if he doesn't, he doesn't. I don't see a lot else. Baltimore is another team. I know we, we we haven't talked about their passing attack a ton. Some of those guys could factor in, but there's about three or four of them. We need status updates on Flowers, Andrews types. For sure. I would expect Flowers to be fine, by the way. I would as well. Do you like him? Yeah, I think he's fine. Okay. All right. So Justin said, Nicole is the, is the goblin down there. A lot of downfield targets. Should have had two touchdowns, but tracks the ball like a six-year-old learning to play catch. Dude, the crazy thing is that's him. That's been Sky Moore. That's been Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Remember, MVS had that drop because he tracked it wrong and hardly got back to the ball against the Eagles in a game they should have won. None of those guys can track the football. Not good. It's not. Let's talk tight ends here. Um. We had a comment too saying the PGA Sims tool isn't populating contest yet. No, it will. It'll that should be up. Yeah, I okay. just talked to our devs. They're just yeah, we, uh they're rerunning ownership. It'll be up. 
Yeah, it'll probably be up by the time your show starts, right? Yeah, well, our show's at one thirty uh, on this very channel, so I'm expecting to do some things there. Yeah, uh, and guys, if you wanted to check that out, we have this is the last day of the drive promo. It's ninety nine bucks for so we we discounted our NFL package, NFL Sims Max package, which is everything the Sims tool, uh, whether it's Sims Max or, or, or Sims Data package. Whether ownership, player projections, top stack tool, boom bust tool, premium discord, everything. We have lineup generators included in that, everything. It's 99 bucks throughout the rest of the season. So you're getting all of this week's games for the Sims. All the Every slate there is, by the way. Every single slate there is. So if they have like the Saturday plus Sunday, the Saturday only, the showdowns, the early slate showdowns, all of that through the Super Bowl. But you also get this. So if you're going to do this, do it today. Well, it's the last day anyway. I was going to say, don't wait. If you're going to do it, you do it today anyway. Link in the description and in chat. You also get the entire week of the PGA Sims to check out as well. That means the full main tournament for, for, for PGA, but also the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday showdown PGA contest. Our Sims is built for that as well. So a lot of value there. Last day, if you're still on the fence and haven't jumped in, be it PGA or NFL, you're getting a nice little discount here to close out the NFL season, have it all the way through the season. And obviously this entire week of PGA Sims contests and all of the contests on DraftKings and FanDuel. So if you haven't checked it out, feel free to do so. And if you ever have any questions, you can DM me uh, about the tools at Lafay underscore D on Twitter. They are open. We have tutorials and all that good stuff to help you out. All right. So let's talk tight ends. Laporta. I was half right on Laporta where I said Campbell might just trot him out there. Uh, weekend at Bernie's style to prove that he's fine. He did play 80% of snaps, but he was only targeted three times, Ben. I mean, he had a, a a generally underwhelming game. He scored. He did score. But Sam Laporta did not look like himself. He had three for 14 on the day. Once you get past Laporta, though, look, I still like Kelsey. Despite those drops last week, 10-target game, three-point dogs on the road, better weather conditions. I would attribute a couple of fine of those drops to the weather. I have no problem saying it could have made an impact there. Maybe it was swift. Who knows? But I like $5,200 George Kittle. Kincaid's involved. Kate Otten at $3,500. Those are really the only guys I'm targeting. The, the toughest question for me now is, do I go to Sam Laporta being another week removed from that injury? I think... Ownership will tell the tale for me there. If it's close, it'll be Kelsey for me. Um, I think that Kate Otten coming off an 11 target game is going to be the overwhelming way people try to get value. They're going to attach him to Kelsey. They're going to attach him to Kittle. They're just going to punt with multiple tight ends so they can jam in as much. And I get it because we didn't talk about a lot of value at running back because there is none. We didn't talk about a lot of confident wide receiver value because there is none. Quarterback has value and tight end has some value. So that's where I'm at. You've got Kincaid. I think that Knox is on the outside looking in, but he's still playable because uh, he's got touchdown equity. I have no idea what to do with the Green Bay guys. If Brevin Jordan catches another 90-yard pass, so be it. Don't play him, please. Watch him do it again. Famous last words. No, you're right. You know, I thought the same thing when I was looking at it. Like You, you can't. That, you can't do it. There, there, there's some of the guys that are going to be down here where your eyes light up and you see what they did last game, but then you see how wildly uninvolved they were for the entire game as well. You know, exactly. I mean, you, that's where it's pretty easy to separate. You know, it, 
one opportunity for 75 yards doesn't mean anything. That's just random. But, dude, I'll tell you, I, I don't really want to try and decide between Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave against San Francisco. No. I don't love Dalton Schultz against Baltimore. I like Kittle a lot. I like Kincaid. I think, would you agree Kate Otten's by far the best value option at tight end? Yeah, but everybody thinks that. Okay, but just, we don't have ownership or anything yet on the, on the surface. Yes, clearly. He's in the dome. He's getting a lot of work. Uh, Baker, yes, he's going to be a super popular pay down option, and he should be. Okay. Uh, then the last thing. What if Mark Andrews comes back? This guy's $5,000 this week. So it's a little tricky because it's an ankle. Um, and a long and hiatus. This that's what I mean. Like, like a couple week absence. This is like, and I know I'm not saying it's the same, but I was using another example. Like Christian Watson came back last week, but did he? Like <laughs> yeah. he was around and he didn't do much. Uh, he had one target. Right. Like Mark Andrews can be out there, but Isaiah likely is good. Really good. They're not losing that much with him. So I worry that Andrews might be back, but is he back to a 14 target game? I'd say that's doubtful, honestly. I agree. Plus, I Isaiah Likely's... What's that? I was very certain he was out for the year. Yeah. When it happened. Also, Isaiah Likely's good. Like, I'm, really not, good. Like, he, I'm not saying he's Mark Andrews good, but he... <laughs> Isaiah Likely's really, really good. A lot of teams would be lucky to have him. Yeah, as their tight end one. He's good. So do you rush Mark Andrews back into like a 90% snap share when you have Isaiah Likely? No. That's my biggest. If you had nobody behind him, that'd be a little bit different. Yeah. It's like Grant Calcaterra or something behind him. You might want Andrews out there. And like, I'm not, obviously I'm no one looks past anyone at this point in the season, but Baltimore's goal is not just to win this game. It's to yeah. win the Super Bowl. and having Mark Andrews in the Super Bowl is a hell of a lot more important than playing him 110% of snaps against Houston. Yeah, because next week if they win they have the Bills or Chiefs. That's right. Yeah. Like that is I'm not saying they're like we don't have to worry about Houston. They do. But I still think that going from 0 to 100 is is short-sighted. Oh, I think they have to worry about them. About the the, the Texans. You have to worry about anybody. That's what I mean. This but, is not like we're going to rest him because we don't need him. No. Right. But I could see him being limited even if he plays. Yes. Yeah. And last thing I think you would agree. He's the first guy off the field if if they don't need to throw late in the Big game. Big time. Big time. All right. Ready to wrap this up with uh, our favorite divisional round bets? Sure. All right. And by the way, appreciate you guys hanging out with us. It's been a fun show. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so. Maybe you forgot. Just a subtle reminder. Subtle reminder to tap that thumbs up. Help us out along the way. Leave a comment if you're watching or listening after the fact. And still remember... Uh, we'll talk these bets here. You want to be on as many books as possible. Bet MGM right now is bet five, get $158 in bonus bets. We threw the link in the description and in the chat for you. So I gave you my same game parlay from earlier. Baker Mayfield, 275 passing yards, two plus touchdowns, Mike Evans touchdown. That's Caesars plus 580, best odds by far. But Baker Mayfield, 244 and a half passing yards in itself as just a single at 
minus 110 on BetMGM, I think is a very good bet. If I'm taking a side here, it's going to be San Francisco minus nine and a half. I mean, I get it. Do you have any interest in teasing them? That's where I was looking. I know so, the obvious teasers, Ravens, uh, Niners. It is like, it is the most, ob- well, matter of fact, if you think Detroit wins, you can tease them down to, actually, no, because you'd have to seven point tease Baltimore and, and, and. Niners. Yeah, it's a little weirder there. I was, I was thinking it was, yeah, no, no, I was, that wouldn't really work. Cause you're not trying to tease, you're not trying to six point tease San Francisco and Baltimore down to three and a half. That doesn't You work. can find eight and a half uh, for Baltimore. That's. Okay. Well then a six point works there. Get him yeah. to two and a half. Yes. Huh. I mean, honestly, if you wanted the three team tease, three team. I, I'm just, I'm just saying. If you wanted to, well, you would only get them to 10. I was going to say, I, I I prefer to tease teams down, personally. Most people do, yeah. yeah. But Kansas City plus 10. Like, I, I don't – I'd want it at 10 and a half. If, if Kansas City lost this game by double digits, I would be very surprised. I'm not touching that game. That's a tough game. I'm not I either. Mean- I'm just – but you come on, you would be a little surprised if they lost by like 14 points. Yeah, it seems like they both those teams are destined for another classic. Uh Baltimore. So talking about teasing down to two and a half, seven point teaser, San Fran and uh Baltimore. That I'm definitely looking at. That'll be something on Discord, you know, again, as part of Watch Upper Premium, the great community. You're not gonna hear the last of that uh from me. I, I'm gonna be talking about that as we get closer to the game. Do you have anything else? If you had to just one straight bet, one side, it could be a total, it could be a spread. What do you got? Oh, it's the Ravens. Definitely. All right. I think the Ravens, it's a two-sided reasoning. One, I think there's a reasonable chance that Houston, who's made really good strides, isn't a little over their head here. And two, I think that Baltimore might be that good where they just have something working where it doesn't really matter who they're playing until they play the very elite. There's not a way that you can stop what they're doing. Um, I don't know. I really don't, you know, Houston got to play at home against the Browns team with Joe Flacco. And I know at the time it seemed daunting, but when you zoom out, you're like, they played the Browns at home with Joe Flacco. It's not as great as it seemed on paper, but they shit on him too. They did. But that to me, that's, that's like a false notion because I, I don't I don't think that that makes them more likely to hang with Baltimore. I hear you. Follow Ben at Jazzraz DFS. Fun show, man. Yeah. Last thing, real quick, because this is a great question, Maurice. And I, if you are looking for this type of stuff, if your state's new, you're not super familiar with betting, Odd Chopper can help you out with the stuff. A tease is when you get to move the spread for a couple games by a set number of points. So, like, if a team is nine and a, nine point favorite and you do a seven-point tease, they become a two-point favorite. And if another team was seven and a half, they become 0.5. So you're just moving the spread. The odds change. It's a little, you know, you want to be careful of of where you do it, but it can can be very powerful if you're going through key numbers. Absolutely. But the key numbers, if if it's a, if you have a nine and a half point favorite and you wanted to tease them down, you can do six-point, seven-point teasers, 10-point teasers, and it has to be more than one game, more than one team. You don't want to tease them down six points to three and a half because three is a key number. Uh, and and final scores land on that number three a lot. 
as far as the, the differential, the point differential goes. So you'd want to tease that down seven to get the nine and a half to two and a half. So if they win by three, um, you win. It's it's that like the the, the it's the threes, the sevens, the tens. There's some other key numbers in there. And as Ben will always tell you, don't tease totals. Yeah, please don't tease totals. Um, so yeah, again, more of that stuff. Lofty underscore D, Jazz Raz DFS. We we both love to bet, and I've been known to take some teasers. Uh I love it. it. Appreciate you guys. We'll see you back here for the next one. Peace.